0: Hello, welcome to another episode of the Kong Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Cassandra. We are here on a Sunday, a little bit different today. It's a bonus episode. I really could not wait to highlight one of my dearest friends, Tess Tyson, who just wrote her first book. It's a poetry book called It Was a Monday. I've had the honor and the privilege of reading a few of her poems. Um, along with her preface, and it is just mm, full body chills. It is such a beautiful book. It is raw. It is straight from her heart, from her gut, and I can't remember the last time that I had read a book and felt so seen and so understood. Tess really walks us through not only her journey with Heartbreak, but the writing experience as well, and something that we touched on was that Although this book is targeted towards heartbreak and loss around relationships, it also had this beautiful way of touching on people who are grieving from um the tangible loss as well. So like in my experience with losing my father, I told Tess how much I would read these poems and just be like, "Oh my gosh, I know that I could be thinking of a past relationship, but I'm really feeling my dad here in this in this writing, which is What I think is so beautiful about the written word is we interpret it the best way that we need to feel it in that moment. We also talk a lot about um, the healing aspect of heartbreak. This is not just a book about pain and suffering, right? It's a book about coming home to yourself. And Tess does such a beautiful job of articulating those emotions, those roller coasters, um, those peaks, those valleys within this book. And I'm just so grateful that she took the time to share her soul with all of us on this podcast to give us a little peek into the book. You can pre-order it um, from today until 12-12. Pre-orders started on 11-11, and again, that goes until December 12th. Um, all of the information will be in the show notes. They are available for gifts as well. And you can find all of that on Tess's website. Again, that'll all be in the show notes for you. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. (laughs) I'm just so giddy and can't wait to share her with you. So I'm going to stop talking. So I'll see you on the other side. Tess, welcome to the show, my angel. I am so thankful that you're here to share your freaking magical soul with all of us.
1: Hi, thank you so much. Um... (laughs) I'm just so happy to be here and so thankful to, like, share this space with you and Mm. thankful that, like, you want me to be a part of it. And um, I am really also very excited to, you know, share a little bit more of this story with people, although it is wildly terrifying.
0: Yeah, you wrote a book. My baby wrote a book while also studying for the LSATs. (laughs) That's insane (laughs) to me. I'm like, how did you do both? (laughs) But it's called It Was a Monday, and it is a beautiful compilation of poetry reflecting heartbreak and healing and all the bits in between. I've had the true privilege, honestly, of reading a handful of them, and I texted Tess immediately after that I just had tears down my face. They're just so honest,
1: and I'm just so proud. Thank you so much. Um, And honestly, like, I sent those – to you you know like kind of late in the evening Mm -hmm. um like later in the evening and I loved when you texted me back and you were like I'm saving these I'm not reading them right now I'm reading them with my morning coffee this is like going to be a moment for me Mm -hmm. um and that's like truly how I am hoping that people will embrace this book and you know, I've been thinking this since my pre-order began is like, it's so incredible. And like, I get butterflies every single time an order comes through, honestly. Mm-hmm. But what I want more than for people to buy it is for people to read it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so, and, and you know, people, people buy books and whatever for support. And like, that means so much to me. Um, but like the point of writing this book was to like share my you know, my feelings and my experience with people um, and hopefully like allow people to relate and like have a moment of peace from that, you yeah, know? Absolutely.
0: So before we dive into all things poetry and heartbreak and healing, can we <laughs> rewind a little bit? Let's give the listeners some background, where you're from, what your upbringing was like, what makes Tess
1: Tess? Yeah. Um, so I'm from Michigan. Um I've lived in Chicago for about six years and, uh, born and raised in Michigan and, uh, I went to college in Michigan, worked in Michigan for about three years after college. And, um, then I moved to Chicago for grad school. Um, so, you know, I've kind of like bounced around from like interest to interest my whole life. Um, and our mutual friend, um, Cassie will tell you, <clears throat> which she's been my best friend for 20 years. Um, but she reads human design now. And what she will say is that it's very within my human design to do so. Um, but of course I didn't know that until like two years ago or mm-hmm. whatever, when we first did that. And I right. was like, Oh my God, I don't feel so lost anymore. You know? Um, but so, I, you know, I'm kind of, I've always just like bounced around from thing to thing and like, just really allowed whatever was pulling me to like, to pull me in and like tried not to deny whatever was feeling really big. So I, you know, I did my 200 hour yoga training in Chicago and then I did my 300 hour yoga training, um, in Bali last year. And then I came back from that and was like, I don't really know if I want to teach yoga anymore. Like the reason I started in YTT was because I really loved what the practice was giving to me and then i found myself like getting so wrapped up in the act of teaching that i was like losing what the practice really mm. meant for me and like was doing for me on a daily basis and so i was like okay well if i lose that then i'm going to lose the power that i have in teaching you know i'm not going to be able to touch people as much as i can if the practice actually means something to me so i kind of moved away from that but you know the thing that's always been constant in my life is writing um I've just always been a writer I've always written something and you know poetry probably started in high school-ish I would say um like maybe sophomore year of high school or so like there's definitely one or two poems in this book from like 2006 or 2007 Mm -hmm. which is pretty crazy um but it's always been a constant for me. And then two years ago, um, when, or was that two years? Yeah. Two years ago, we were in New Orleans for one of my best friend's 30th birthdays. And we saw this palm reader and she basically was like, you're an artist, but no one knows you're an artist and you need to share what you're doing or else no one's going to see it. Um, which was an interesting like time for her to say that because, it had been getting a little bit louder for me to like maybe do something with my work. And then I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm writing a book now. <laughs> and yeah. that was kind of like just the beginning of everything. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, that was only a little bit, but I, I mean, if I tried to, tell you everything. It would
0: just go on forever. With all of your interests changing, like, you know, as you were growing up and stuff like that, how were your parents, did did they have any of that worry of, oh, she has like a short attention span or, oh, she can't commit to one thing? Or were they very supportive? Because I think that's a common, you know, struggle with people like you. Are you a manifesting generator? Yeah. 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 With man gens where it's like, you know the parenting part can be really hard if they don't fully understand that like that's actually really healthy for you to just dip into what lights you up so what was that like
1: totally um my parents are the best mm-hmm. uh y- yeah I mean like my dad So my parents have been divorced since I was six um and I what I've said my whole life is like it would be really strange for me and probably for my brother as well um if they were ever together again, you know, but we know them now both so well as adults and like who they are to their core. And this is kind of unrelated, but like one of my favorite parts about growing up is like that tipping point where you realize where something like kicks in and you're like, Oh, my parents are like humans. They're not like just my parents, you know, like they also have been heartbroken and they have felt pain and like they're not their parents are not immune to like all the things that we felt as young adults like they are also human beings like that have gone through so much more than we have frankly you know um but anyway so now it makes like so much sense that they are just like that they're good apart and they we have been really really lucky eric and i my brother and i that you know they have saved this friendship and like we're in text conversations together and like big family news we share with one another and like even holidays when my mom was still in Michigan we would share together um so we've been really really lucky in that regard as well but like yeah as far as my interests and stuff and this is where I was going with this and change subject but my dad has been a (laughs) um college baseball coach for ever for like I don't know over 40 years or something Mm -hmm. So, you know, he seems like from the outside, he would be the kind of parent that, like, pushes a kid to, like, be in a particular sport, right? But, like, honestly, my entire life, the only things I ever did was because I decided I wanted to do them. And, like, even if I decided I wanted to stop, they were like, okay, whatever you want to do, like, you know best, you know? Um, And whatever I wanted to start doing, they're like, yeah, for sure, like, you got this, do it. Um, So it was just, like, honestly constant support like and and they always have treated Eric and I like we're the best things that Mm. have ever been made you know you Um, probably are (laughs) I mean you know to them but to them (laughs) Um, yeah we're very perfect but like we are who we are like definitely because of them Mm -hmm. and um it couldn't they could not have reacted better to all of that for sure Uh, I love that so much
0: So let's talk heartbreak. I have two quick things to say here, and one of those is that I think it's really refreshing to have a collection of poems dedicated to that, what's called an earth-shattering feeling, because if you've been through it, that is what it feels like. You know, your heart spewed into a million little pieces sprawled out on the floor. It's humbling, it's numbing, and it's all the things all at once, and as someone who's also been through it, having a tangible book to hold in my hands of someone telling me that they've felt the same things. It's like this, it's like a permission slip to just continue on being human. You know, you're connecting, you're connecting people through your words and your stories and your experiences. And that as the author just must feel so fucking good.
1: Um, it is, I I don't think it's like really hit me yet that like, that it might make people feel that way. And it might comfort people in that way. Um, I know that that's the intention, right. But because no one's held the book in their hand because no one's read it like fully besides me, um, it's still a little bit like out of reach for me, Mm -hmm. but, but I do, I mean, like, that's the goal. I really want like, it to be a place where people can go to feel like understood. And, you know, I think the thing, I mean, for me anyway, about heartbreak is that like in all of that and for however long that lasts or like however ongoing that is, it can feel like you can feel really alone. And what you just said is that like, it's the truth, which is that, you know, it's something that happens to almost all of us or to absolutely all of us for one way or like in one way or another, Mm -hmm. right? It may not always be like a romantic heartbreak. Um, but we're all broken in different ways. And what I think like one of my biggest hurdles in all of that was, was like realizing that I wasn't going to, that wasn't the new me. I wasn't going to be that way forever. Um, Like, I think that it's really, really important to embrace those moments and like really be in those moments and like really feel what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. But I also think it's really, really important to not live there, Mm -hmm. you know, to not to understand that, like, that may have that may have changed a little piece of who you are or it may have an effect who you are but it doesn't it's not who you are it doesn't fully define who you are it's not like hey I'm Tess I have a heart broken and now this is who I am Mm -hmm. you know what I mean um I was me before and during and after this and it's just like a piece of that big puzzle Mm -hmm. you know
0: you were visiting a darker place for a period of time
1: yeah totally I love that
0: you don't live there Yeah, that's so Yeah, we don't
1: have to live in any of those moments. But like, it's really, really important to acknowledge those places Mm -hmm. that we don't need to live, you Mm -hmm. know? Absolutely.
0: So then the second thing that I wanted to mention is that as someone who is a grief advocate, I, I think we both know that I'm very passionate and on a mission of sorts to just dismantle the taboo nature of grief. I want to mention that. Heartbreak from relationships of any kind is another form. So grief doesn't just relate to death in the way of the end of a life, right? It's loss of any magnitude, the loss of a bond, the loss of a soul, the loss of even just like a rhythm between two people of an idea that it was going to be any different. And I just wanted to take a moment to say that out loud to all of the listeners and to you because I feel that so deeply. And I wish it was honored a bit more. And you do this in the writings that I was so lucky enough to read before the book is actually in people's hands. Um, you pay homage to grief and loss in a way that just like, I don't know, not to sound trite, but it just felt like it was like holding my heart in the palm of like your hands and like wrapped up in a blanket. And I just want you to know that because I did read some of those poems and think like, oh my gosh, I can relate so much in way of, like, you know, breakups that broke my heart. But, like, I saw and felt so much of my grief with my dad in the poems, too. And I wasn't expecting that. So I thought that that was really, really beautiful.
1: Um, Yeah, that means so much to me, honestly. And something that you just said reminds me of a quote that I read kind of, like, I would say in the midst of, like, the deepest part of this heartbreak for me which was like the hardest thing you will ever have to do is grieve the loss of a person who is still alive yes and I read that you know some odd years ago and just remember like being kind of hit in the heart with that being like holy shit like that is that is what heartbreak is you know or that is what heartbreak is when you have to when you feel like you have no choice but to part with a person who, you know, you were once best friends with and then, you know, one day something switched or something happened and you knew that the only option is to move forward, you know, without that person. Like, Mm -hmm. and that's the other thing is that like, even though it feels like a choice sometimes it also like for me anyway, it didn't feel like I had a choice. Mm Um, even though I did, like, even though it was my choice. Um, and I remember even people being like, I don't know, almost, almost surprised that I could make that decision. Um, but for me, it was like kind of a no brainer. I'm like, well, what else am I going to do? You know what I mean? Um, because what had happened, well, I mean, just for a little clarity, it, it was basically my only line is unfaithfulness like this is this is the line and if you can't do that if you can't be honest with me and you can't be loyal then like that's my line and that's it you know and it's like it's pretty black and white for me and I just I have always known that it's something that like I'm not gonna put up with I'm not gonna stand for because I don't think anybody should have to put up with that and and that's not to say that, like, I don't think that people can work through that. I think that's a whole different ballgame because I think that that's possible. It's just not where I was at the time, you know? Um, it's not where we were at the time. And like, I really, really strongly believe like I had to do what I had to do. Um, but like, I think what's really important is that that's different for everybody. Um, but yeah, letting go of someone that you definitely still love, that's still alive somewhere, living their life and like, So much of this book is just like memories, you know, and like anybody who knows me really well is like, will tell you I'm such a nostalgic person, but like it, it's just, you're flooded with memories and that's for any, anyone, anyone that you've lost, you know, like, and it's such little things sometimes that you're like, how does my brain even remember that? And like, why, (laughs) why? I
0: remember my sister saying like, God, I wish there was just a pill you could take where you could just like delete. A certain chunk of time and like that's a yes and a no uh, mm. right because like we learn so much from when we are broken or um in pain there is so much growth and learning in those little nuggets but yeah those little things where you're like why am I holding on to that one little thing that is so frustrating I wish I could just turn it off you know
1: mm-hmm. it's there's really something hard. I think that's like <sighs> Uh, maybe, maybe from a poet, this is silly, but like, there's something I think really poetic about those little moments that you can't, yeah, that you can't turn off and that you can't forget. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that there's probably a reason for mm-hmm. that, you know? Um, And ultimately, and I say this a little more outside of my broken period, right? Mm-hmm. Like I say this in a, a healing period mm-hmm. <laughs> for me is that I, I really treasure those moments and those memories. Yeah. Um, but that is like a mountain in and of itself to like get over, right. you know? Yeah. Um, because there's definitely like, it's all a roller coaster. It definitely changes where you're just like, I hate everything about those moments, you mm-hmm. know? And like, I want to forget them. I remember, I remember wanting to forget them. And like, if I could just re- erase everything that we ever did, but like at the same time, there was so much beauty in all of that so it's like you know i don't want i don't want to erase it because mm-hmm. there was so much light and like love and beauty in my life because of those years or whatever you know
0: mm-hmm. so this book is this um I, I mean i kind of know the answer but i would love to just have you elaborate for all the listeners but is this book reflecting on one particular relationship or, um, heartbreak of many, or how is it, how was it inspired?
1: Um, you know, and share as much or as
0: little as you want about
1: that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Um, so it is definitely mostly about one, one relationship and one heartbreak. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I, I mean, I've been single for a long time and so, since, since that heartbreak, I mean, so it's also has little pieces of like, I would say it has one big heartbreak and then it has little pieces of like my path into healing, which Mm -hmm. involves sometimes other people, other souls, you know, and whether or not those moments are small or big or like short or long, Mm -hmm. those moments still exist. And like, even though I haven't been in a committed relationship since then, I've had a lot of moments with people that I still hold very dear to my heart or Mm -hmm. that still made an impact on me one way or another who, you know, either taught me a lesson or like I was able to see in myself like, okay, you're like going after the same person Mm -hmm. still, you know, and like you're getting the same result and this is why, you know what I mean? Um, So it's like, it's a lot of those different things and it's just, it's honestly, so it's like mainly this one heartbreak and mainly this one relationship that like is, has, is still really important to me and has always been, but it's also like the path from the end of that until now, which Mm -hmm. includes like a lot of other people, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. You wrote a poem called
0: Almost Christmas, and this is one that rocked me to my core. It's so simple, and it's one of the shorter ones, and yet it holds so much truth and weight. Tess gave me permission to read it, so I'm going to read it really quick. The other day, I was tying my shoes, thinking about the fact that I could not remember another moment in the past 29 years where I really was just there, tying my shoes, trying to be in the little things even without you where I was really just there tying my shoes, trying to be in the little things, even without you is that's when I was like, Tess, I'm crying because (laughs) this was, you know, relating back to what I said, something that made me think so much about my dad too. And just like those moments of like, Oh, where are you? You know? Um, And uh, it just resonated with me so much. And that's like the thing about the written word is like, I don't... You can't always explain why. It's just like a full sensation in the body. And the simplicity but the punch that this poem holds is just so human and so, so beautiful. When did you write this one?
1: Thank you so much. Um, I wrote that... uh, I was living with a family that I have nannied for for a very long time. So it, it was must've been a couple years ago or a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Um, I was at their house tying my shoes (laughs) by the front door, um, getting ready to take the kids to school. I want to say, but it, it really just like, it really, I mean, to, to track back onto what, something that you just said that I, you know, that I really hold dear to my heart and that I think is really important is that another thing that I really love about the written word and about poetry specifically is that, you know, people will read these and and they will touch them or maybe they will not touch them, but they will do so in accordance to like their experiences and the love or the loss or the heartbreak that they have had or have, they've gone through or whatever whatever their life has looked like, it'll touch them in that way. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what's really important is that even though these are like my my emotions and my feelings and my experiences, Mm -hmm. um, they can relate to so many different people on so many different levels because they, they, they just naturally will do that Mm -hmm. because you don't, of course, you're not going to relate that to my experience. I don't want people to read these and be like, and wonder about my life and my relationships and my heartbreak. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I want them to relate that to themselves. And you can think about lyrics of songs yeah, in that totally. same way. You know, yeah. like people write about heartbreak all the time, but we feel that for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. It's like pretty rare that we hear a song about heartbreak or about love and we're like thinking about the artist or like the songwriter and right. their life. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Um, and I think that's the same way that poetry works. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is like, I mean, it's wonderful for me to hear. It, and that's another reason that I'm like really excited for people to yeah, have this. For sure. um, but yeah, in that moment, I was just like, at that time, I was like, okay, however I can, like whatever little steps I can take to like be without this person mm-hmm. is a, is a progress, mm-hmm. you know, like that's a little step and like being here, tying my freaking shoes, like, Without you and like not feeling totally broken, mm-hmm. holy shit like that's a really big win for me mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm so that that last that last
0: bit trying to be in the little things even without you how do you ground yourself in those little moments so when you're caught up and lost in the what- ifs and the what could have been what was a good what were some of your tools or ways that you navigated those daunting what-
1: ifs mm. poetry oh. <laughs> Yeah, (laughs) honestly, I was like, is it weird to say, I mean, like, is it obvious to say that I wrote, um, a lot of writing for sure. Um, but music is like huge for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I like, I, I honestly have like a, a writing playlist that's just pure heartbreaking songs. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a little bit strange to say out loud, but like, even if I'm in those really broken moments, it kind of feels good to like, to make those bigger, like to oh, even, yeah. to, to really get into it. Hell you know yeah. What I mean? Yeah.
0: I am not a half feeler. <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All in or out. All yeah. out. That's, that's what I always exactly. say. Um. So, music is a really big thing, yeah. but also just like, it's, a, it's definitely like a, a time and place for me to be by myself. You know, um, those aren't those aren't really periods that I want, like even my closest people to be around. I, it's, yeah. Those are those are moments where I just want to be alone and mm-hmm. either write or even just like sit, mm-hmm. you know, just like be in the space of whatever you're feeling. And Mm -hmm. oftentimes for me, if I, if I do just sit, like it turns into words in my head and then I have to turn those words to paper. That's Mm -hmm. just like what happens in my brain. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's like mostly stillness and like exemplifying that sadness. (laughs) Yeah. And then what
0: about the anger that shows up in some of the pages that I read, you articulate it so beautifully by using my favorite curse word. And when I read those pages, I could just like feel my facial expression tensing up, as if to say, like, mm, I feel that, like, I feel that disappointment, that like deep belly rage of just being so sick of missing something, right? And of missing something, oh yeah, so much that it's like overtaking. You're like, I want my life back, essentially. I'm pissed, yeah. yeah. Just like, why the fuck is this happening exactly. to me still? Like, exactly. So, yeah. what? How um, did you move through those moments? Is that your favorite curse word, by the way? Oh yeah, I
1: love that word. Okay, I was like, I'm trying to think of other swear words that I put in the book, and that's the only one I could think of. Off yeah, the top of my head. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean that that is exactly what those moments are, right? It's yeah. just like you realizing you're still in this space. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, why the fuck am I still doing
0: this? Mm-hmm. And of, of course, like, of course, there's progress being made. But when you're in those rage moments, you're like. You know, it's, it's hard to even recognize the progress because you're just so damn mad.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. you're just... Yeah, there's progress, sure. Um, but sometimes it feels really small, you yep. know? Yeah, And I would say, I would even venture to say that most of the time it feels really small. Yeah. And especially because I think in the moments that you might... If, if you're reflective enough to, like, stop mm-hmm. what's happening in your life... Eat at the most, at the happiest times, which like oftentimes you're just enjoying those moments, mm-hmm. right? But when you're like in a broken space or you're in this like space, this like Monday rainy mood or whatever, that's when I find myself the most reflective, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, that's probably why the loss section of this book is the biggest and like I struggled almost to find enough like poems to put in the home section of this book which was like the healing like I've come home to myself I've Mm -hmm. finally like mended all these holes you know Mm -hmm. um and like honestly probably some of those poems in the home section really do like belong in the loss Mm -hmm. section (laughs) But, but, you know, and that's why they also say, like, some of the best music is made about heartbreak. Like Yeah. um, But, yeah, I mean, those anger period, they're definitely in there. They're for sure in there. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just about being sick of still going through it. Mm -hmm. You know, you just wanting it to be done. Like, I remember having that conversation with Cassie, and this was honestly um, at the beginning of it. I was just like, I just don't want to do this anymore. Like I'm, it's hard and I'm fucking sick of it. Like, I don't want to wake up and like work on this every day Mm -hmm. anymore. Like, why am I, why do I have to do this? Why Mm -hmm. did this happen? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I've said that out loud so many times. Yeah. And like, why is it mine? Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel like it should be mine, but it's mine now. Like Mm -hmm. it's my problem because it, it's it's affected me and now I have to deal with it because what else am I going to do? What am I going to do? Ignore it?
0: Yeah. You know, suppress it. No.
1: Yeah. Right. So for everyone
0: enduring heartbreak or loss or a lack of self-worth, self recognition and disconnect, you know, on their path to healing, trying to heal, what do you want them to know? Or what do you need them to know?
1: Um, that it's okay to feel broken, you know? Um, And it's okay if that's a piece of who you are. And it's okay even if that's a piece of who you are forever. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, honestly, that it's really powerful. And I think that for those of us who have felt that fucking broken, Mm -hmm. that it, like, really shows that we've been on the other side of that. You know, like, my point is, basically, is that, like, I remember feeling like so broken, right? And being and 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 kind of like understanding that the only reason I was able to feel that horribly, that bad, is because I felt the other end of that, is because I felt so insanely good at some point. Mm -hmm. But when you're in that broken space, it's like kind of hard to remember that other spot. Mm -hmm. Um, But also like, I think what really helped me a lot, honestly, is, is being grateful to even be able to feel that much. Mm -hmm. Like when you feel so much that like, you feel like your heart is shaking and your legs are trembling and you like, can't breathe. And you're like, you know, you're, you're physically, your body is reacting to emotions and like that alone is Mm mind-blowing you know what I mean like Mm -hmm. the fact that we can have heart palpitations because of like some emotional something or other yeah is just like really powerful so like being thankful that we even have that capability Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that we're so powerful and like that we're such sentient beings that like that can, it's that something can have that effect on us. The soul body
0: connection. Totally. I love that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that really helped me Mm -hmm. in like being in those and getting through those, you know, sure.
0: I also want to touch on your book writing experience because I think it's a mystery to a lot of people, myself included, (laughs) the process, the grit, the dedication, the routine. So can you paint a picture of what that journey looked like for you?
1: Um. Yeah. So, you know, of course, what I enjoyed the most is just writing poems. And that like has absolutely no admin at all. Right. right. Like I'm just writing. I mostly write in my notes app on my phone. <clears throat> um, but once I decided to to start this book or that, that I was going to write a book, I tried to collect all of my pieces from like wherever they might be in the world which like if you're a writer and you're listening like I feel like you already have anxiety about that is that like you we just we write everywhere like there's writing everywhere like I looked on blogs that I had like from high school and like there I know there's like 95 pieces on here like maybe one of them I'll want to keep you know um, so at first it was like the collection of like putting them all together. And then it was like, you know, going through those. And the one thing that I will say is that like editing never stopped from like day one up until like the very last day before I submitted the manuscript, you know? Um, but what it looked like closer towards the end, um, you know, I hired a designer who I knew at, um, from the very beginning that I like could trust and he and I had never worked artistically together, but I initially met him some odd years ago in Chicago through a friend. And it was really important for me to be able to, um, hire people locally and like artists who, you know, are freelance artists who are like working for themselves and especially Chicago freelance artists. And because I know, I knew them personally, like, to be able to hire my designer and my illustrator in that way, like, really meant a lot to me, um, and so, you know, the, the meetings kicked off with my designer, and he was just, like, so patient, and, and, um, and, like, really just steadfast, and, like, making sure we were delivering something that we both believed in, and I knew, like, just from the jump that, like, I could give him the reins on most of that, Mm Um, and that was like, that was the goal of hiring a designer is because, you know, like my graduate degree is in digital media and storytelling. Like I'm, I built a book for my final project when I was in grad school and like, I could have done that, but I was like, I really, and I do not think I could have done it. Like Danny did it though. Mm -hmm. Like, which is why. I, it, I think it was really, really important for me to hire him. Like I could have done that and it would have been like 15% of what he did. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shout um, out to I'm Danny. like, you need to delegate and you need to give this to somebody who does this, you yeah. know?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Because at the time I was like, this might be the only book you ever write. And like, I really want it to be perfect. Yeah. So being able to delegate those to two people that I really trust and like trust their vision mm-hmm. and like trust also that they, wanted the best for me and mm-hmm. for this process for me mm-hmm. you know um was huge mm-hmm. and then the publishing this is so wild but like i i tweet quite a bit mm-hmm. and i was tweeting about writing a book apparently and um the publisher actually like followed me on twitter and i know and their name you know was just it's tablo publishing it's out of australia but they started following me and I noticed the name, obviously. So I clicked on, I went to the page mm-hmm. and then I went to their website. And I read about them a little bit. So whoever on their team is doing the marketing of looking for random, and I don't even hashtag my tweets or anything. It was just like text. Wow. So like w- whatever they're doing is working because they nailed me down, but, um, it's been the best experience. They oh, are like, oh, good so communicative and, like, so responsive, and it's just, it's been so great. Um, But, like, the nitty-gritty at the end, like, Danny was here on the phone, too, you know? He would be, like... (laughs) (laughs) It got a little crazy and I was, I was just like texting him way too much and like Mm. all hours and just, you know, and obviously doing more things than just working on the Mm. book. Like whenever I found that it was like him and I working on it, I'd be like all in, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, he's available. So like, let me just dive into this really fast. You know what I mean? Um, I also remember, she was like sorry. No, go ahead. Your illustrator. Yeah. They're beautiful. Yeah, no, she, I mean, she, yeah, she was just so anytime I like, and I, I was probably so annoying, but like l- the littlest things, like I'd be like, what is that line? Or like, what, can we do something mm-hmm. with this? Or like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just like such a visual person. Yeah. And like, you know, I used to, I used to do, um, copy editing, like in college as well. Um, well more so like editing of text, right? And so like all that stuff stands out to me. And so it was just like the littlest things. Um and I would just like every time, but she was so great. She was such a good sport about being like, yeah, if you need 18 versions of this, like oh, I'm in. That's
0: you know, amazing. Um, yeah.
1: Which is, you know, I can't reiterate the fact of like being able to like build our really small team that I fully trusted and could just be like, here, this is my baby. Can you please yeah. like do your very best? Right. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: Keep her fed. Thanks. I do. I remember, too, there was one point where you were like, I just can't. It was right in the thick of the pandemic, maybe June or July. And we were on the phone, and uh-huh. I remember you were just like, I'm at a standstill, and I just can't. And I think that's so important to touch on, to say out loud, because this is self-exposure, right? You're literally putting your heart on pages and allowing others to read it. And that's no small thing. And you have to be able to access the truest, deepest parts of yourself. You can't fake uh-huh. that. You can't just turn it on one day. You have to let it come to you. And in the midst of the pandemic, you going that deep with, like, this thick layer of, you know, the world in crisis, I just think that's worthy of of touching on. So, like, that experience, we don't even have to call it writer's block, but what would you do to access those pieces of yourself or, you know, to to motivate them to come back to you? Or would you just let it be?
1: Um, yeah, that, that is a really good piece. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, because I remember, you know, talking to my good friends, my close friends about that. And like, because I was searching for either a way to fix it. Right. Or like some piece of advice that was going to either tell me like, it's okay, Mm -hmm. or maybe this will help, you know? And Um, one of my best friends was just like, art is a process, man. Like you just Mm got to let it be. Mm -hmm. And you got to give yourself grace for like the ins and the outs of it because it, because it is like you, like you said, like it is such, especially, you know, especially this project for me was such an emotional piece. Everything is like rooted in like deep, deep emotion. Right. So, Anytime I worked on it, it was, like, even if I only worked on it for, like, a couple hours, I was, like, emotionally exhausted afterwards, you know? So I really had to, and, you know, especially during the pandemic and during the first quarantine, I was living with my best friend just so, like, he and I didn't have to, like, both be alone or just, like, let's do this together. Mm -hmm. But, like, I felt guilty about not putting you know like 8 hours a day into this because i was like this is the time like the world has given me this mm. space to like really get this book done i wouldn't have this time if this pandemic wouldn't have happened i would be still working you know and i'd be doing this thing like in the evenings but now i have this time and then all of a sudden i couldn't do it you know what i mean i was mm. i felt so stuck but i also like knew I couldn't push myself to that point. I, right. it's not something that I can do if I'm not in it. I'm just not in it. Like, mm-hmm. and,
0: and that's there's okay. really no way around
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. So I just had to be patient. I had to wait and I had to just like give myself grace and be like, look, it'll happen when it happens. And, um, you know, I'm lucky enough to have the best friends in the world. So, you know, they also gave me that same advice. I was just like, thank yourself for what you've done and wait it out and it'll come back. And, you know, sure enough it did. And I was actually looking at the original deadlines that I gave to my designer and my illustrator. And I, this is very typical of me, but I set those deadlines and then basically never looked at them again. Um, So I like didn't actually know, but then my, the launch of the pre-order came one day after I had planned on which is funny because I actually launched it on 11 11 like yeah. on purpose yeah so when I set those deadlines it didn't even occur to me that eleven eleven was coming up you yeah. know that I like it just didn't click yeah it's just weird that like I thought I felt like I was like running so behind and then it just you were so in sync it was so perfect yeah, yeah it just It happens how it's meant to, for sure. How did you know when
0: it was complete? What was that moment when you were like, holy shit, that's it. That's my book. It's done.
1: Um, oh man. (laughs) I mean, I think there were like several moments of this because once my designer and I were working like in the same, in the same spread, you know, um, I could see it coming to life because Mm -hmm. I could see what he was building. And every time I opened it, it was just, like, kind of jarring. Like, holy shit, this is a book. Holy shit, this is a book. But, like, it didn't really fully hit me, I don't think, until, (sighs) like, until the very end when I was, like, asking him for the full, the PDF. You know what I mean? Like, because once you PDF it, which I mean, I made him do twice, but once you PDF it, that's like it. Right. I'm like, Oh my God, it's done. Like we're not making any more changes. Those are all the changes that I've, because for a long time it felt like they were never ending changes. You know, I'm like, Oh, this little thing, this little thing, this little thing. Um, but then eventually you get to the end of that road and then you're just like, Oh, I have a book now. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's so cool. So So it's called, it was a Monday that yeah. is such a beautiful title. How did this come to you, and do you feel open to sharing the meaning
1: behind it? Um, yeah. Uh, so, actually, it was not going to be it was a Monday up until literally last month. Oh. <laughs> Interesting. Um, so I had it set on... I don't know if I want to share what I, I wanted the first title to be. Yeah,
0: I'd withhold it because you never know if you're it come to you for it, another. Maybe I'll use
1: it. Yeah. Um, anyway, I had it set on this, which I did definitely did tell some people. I had it set on this one title, and then I was going through some like just notes I was taking on. I found my old list of titles that I was like brainstorming, mm-hmm. and I just went through them all again and was like, for most of them, I was like, no, 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 right. And then I finally went through them all. And then at the very end, it was the one title that I thought that it was going to be. And then it was, it was a Monday. And for some reason that hit me a little bit differently than it did the first time. Mm -hmm. And then I, it was when I was in California with Cassie and Scott Mm -hmm. and I asked them and they both were like, it was a Monday. And I was like, oh this is like new, this is, this is news, you know? And so I sat with that for like a couple days and then my designer was like asking me for it. Um, cause he was tr- like trying to do the cover <laughs> and I was like, uh, I think I'm like still torn between these two. And then he was like, okay, like take your time. Just like, let me know. And then it was just, it was pretty quick that I was just like, no, it was Monday for sure. Like Mm -hmm. for some reason it like really hit me and I was like, no, that's it. Mm -hmm. Um, so that is actually from the day it, it was a Monday when I, uh, found out of my past relationship, um, that he had been unfaithful.
0: Oh dear God. That is so beautiful (laughs) in like a twisted way, but like, yeah.
1: And I mean, it was the day that I called him and like, was like hey I gotta go you know what I mean um which obviously was much more than that but yeah that was it was just it's pretty wild because like I can like I know just I don't even know how like even how I know this but I know how everything else after that lands in time because I know that date you know what I mean Uh, I'm like well this was that date, and then a week later I was doing this (laughs) it's so true yeah
0: heartbreak but, you absolutely. just kind of like time stamp it's like uh,
1: yeah, it's subconsciously like red flag totally. on your calendar <laughs> yeah
0: so your book it was a monday is on pre-sale right now through december 12th and each pre-sale order will get a signed copy of the book from tess i cannot wait to hold mine in my hands i am so excited is there anything else you want to share in relationship to the pre-sale for anyone to know maybe if they want to get it for the holidays is there a deadline
1: um, side note, samples are supposed to arrive today. Woo! Yay! <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, I am, am just, like, gonna run to the door whenever I hear yeah. anybody with a package, um, and I just don't know how I'm gonna react when I'm, like, <laughs> holding them in my hands. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so the presale is till 12-12, um, but if you want any as gifts, if anybody wants any as gifts, or before the 24th, um, order by December 4th. Um, and like you said, like they will all be signed. All the pre-order ones will be signed and you can only get pre-order on my actual website. Mm -hmm. Um, and then once the pre-orders or, Over, the book will be available, like, on Amazon and at bookstores and blah, 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 blah. Um, All the other boring stuff, regular stuff. (laughs) But, of course, like, Amazon books are not going to go through me at all. Like, I'll have no idea about anything. Mm -hmm. So the pre-order ones are really special to me because I get to, like, add a little personal note, you know. Um, And it's just... It, it like even though it's extra work for me to be able like to do that though means means a lot yeah especially to people that like I really care about and that are really like have just been like fully supporting me like either either from the beginning of this book or the beginning of like the heartbreak or the beginning you know whatever mm-hmm. it was um, all of it so yeah order by twelve four if you want it by twelve twenty four they'll all be. Signed by me, and you know what I've said on my Instagram because I'm super professional like that. Is <laughs> your Instagram so all my yeah, I love it so much. Is um, if it is a book, just put in the notes mm-hmm. because I don't want to like write a personal note in a book that's supposed to be a gift, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so just let me know if it's a gift, <laughs> and I'll just do a little signature, but like. Um, yeah, that's it really. Yeah. I'll okay. add all that
0: info to the show
1: notes too, so that people know exactly yeah, yeah. where to look sure. and all the deadlines.
0: But before we wrap up, I want to ask some random rapid fire questions as a means okay. for just the listeners to get to know the tests that I love so much, just a little bit more. So just a fun way to close out the show. You ready?
1: I think so. I okay. think this is what I'm like most nervous about.
0: <laughs> okay. What is an average day in the life of tests?
1: Um... Okay, um, NPR in the morning, matcha in the morning. Mm-hmm. Um, on a good morning, I'm doing like a neti pot deal, which like really just sets me up for the day. Um, and then like I just f- flow in and out of like whatever I'm feeling called to be doing. Which like during the day, I think you know more than anyone mm-hmm. is just like whatever the heck is happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are my
0: only constants. Yeah. So you're vegan. Do you have a favorite
1: vegan breakfast? I don't, I'm not really a big breakfast person. Got it. Um, yeah. So my matchas in the morning are like good till lunch. Basically Mm -hmm. my appetite kind of like fires up after that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm a night owl too. So like My dinners usually are a little bit later, and then they push my, you know, my first meal of the day back. So Mm -hmm. I don't really have a favorite. But, like, sometimes a smoothie. Yeah. You know. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Something easy. So if you could take a deep belly breath and ask your soul what she thinks is the takeaway from the year of 2020 and what you think is to follow, what would she say?
1: Um... I think the takeaway is stillness. Mm-hmm. I, I, and then I think to follow is like carrying that stillness with us, even when we're not forced to live in that stillness, you know, I just think that like our culture, especially is just so go, go, go. And um, that reminds like, it, you know, in, in middle school and in high school, Cassie's mom, who like, you, you know, in middle school and high school, you're always just like, ah, I'm like, you want to be with friends like mm-hmm. all the time, you yeah. know? And so all the time, her mom would be like, oh, you girls are just so go, 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 go. Aren't you exhausted? You know? Um, which is funny. Cause like back then we're like, no, like, this is so exciting. We're ready to go. Like, you know, but now <laughs> as a 31 year old, you know, we like, we treasure that stillness. And that. Yeah. I think that for a lot of us in, you know, this country, but like also the world, I think like what this, what 2020 has brought us was a, you know, like a mandated stillness. Like Mm -hmm. you just got to sit with yourself for a minute, man. And like sometimes, and I think most of the time that really pulls up what your soul is like trying to speak to you.
0: A hundred percent. What is your favorite thing to spend money on? (laughs) clothes <laughs> You're you have the most badass wardrobe. When Tess and I first started becoming friends, I was like, "Can you come
1: dress me every day?" Uh, I'm like so guilty of it. Um, but fun little fact: my my major in undergrad was apparel and textile design, so mm-hmm. I blame it all on that. Yeah, it's not your fault. In relation to that,
0: <laughs> <laughs> in relation to that question, if you had a hundred thousand dollars, but you could not invest it. You couldn't use it towards charity. You can't spend it on family and friends. You have to buy something for yourself or some things. What would you spend it on? Are student loans out of that?
1: Um, I guess not, but, like, it. can
0: we just have a little bit more fun? Okay, well, that's
1: what that's I would do That's fair, first. though. That's fair, though. Um, I would travel. Yeah. yeah. It's always travel for
0: me. Yeah, Tess is a, a big traveler. She has um, the Instagram name on this. This handle is genius, but uh, she has another Instagram called The Road Test Travels, and it's killer. Your photography yeah, I, is beautiful. I just wanted a place
1: to be able to, like, put my travel photos where I, like, didn't feel any certain way about, like, yeah. what people thought about it. I'm like, but, like, because I have so many. Yeah,
0: and like you said, this is, like, for me to look back when I'm 80 and, like, see that I did cool stuff. Yeah, (laughs) it's the best. I love it. Okay, what are a few of your go-to staples these days?
1: Um, Okay, so one, blue light blocking glasses. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite? I love light blocking glasses
0: they're so helpful um
1: i mean i i mean i like mine right now but like aesthetically i don't love the way that they look mm-hmm. i think i could probably find some that i liked a little bit more but mm-hmm. it's not important because i wear them like at home when i'm working at night yeah um diff has a really because, good pair. wait what diff just came out with some really good oh okay cute ones cool. yeah mine are like from amazon and were mm-hmm. 12 bucks i think <laughs> which is also great I don't know. <laughs> um, wait, and then the other thing that I wanted to say, my go-to yeah, simplest, yeah. and I just texted you about this the other day, is your sister's Ugh. dream tincture literally changed my life. Oh, like,
0: that makes me so
1: happy. I put it in my water every night before yeah. I go to sleep at home because I sleep really well once I get to sleep, but mm-hmm. it's, like, usually pretty hard for me to, to actually get there and, like, mm-hmm. quiet down. And that is so helpful
0: Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. So for anyone who's like, what? My sister's a midwife and an herbalist in San Francisco, and she makes some herbs tinctures and stuff for their clients. But yeah, she has one called Dream that Tess was telling me she's having a really hard time sleeping, and so my sister sent her some, and the rest is history. So yeah, if you want Why that, I'm gonna be getting it forever. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'll include it in the link for anyone who's like, uh, I can't sleep either. It really, seriously, it helps so much. Do not get behind a car. Once you just take it, go to bed. <laughs> just go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. What is a piece of yourself that you celebrate daily?
1: Um, you know, my first instinct is to say my people, mm. which I, when I think about your question, it feels like that might not be like an appropriate answer, but I, I say that because they mean like, just the world to me, like, I I can't imagine, like, having to do life without those people that are just, like, your safe space, and, like, your your safe haven to just go and, like, be completely and fully who you are, like, Mm -hmm. whether or not that's broken or totally full at any given moment, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and, like, whether or not it's silly or goofy or whatever, you know, it's like so many intricacies, but like, I think that I just, I'm, I'm thankful for that every single day.
0: Yeah. And, you know, on the flip side of that, I'll say as someone who, you know, you being my friend, I think, you know, something that you celebrate daily, you could say the way that you treat your people. Like, I would say that to you, like, yes, you have a bunch of friends that are so loyal, but that is such a mirror and a reflection of how you treat the people that you love, you guys, Tess is like the most fiercely loyal, (laughs) down to earth friend, like I've ever had, like you were just so free from judgment and it's such a breath of fresh air.
1: I, I think, I think that like, that's what we all need, you Mm -hmm. know, is like someone to just embrace us in every moment of who we are, like no matter what that looks like. Right. Um, so I, I do try to be that for everybody that I love.
0: Yeah, you do a very good job. What is one thing that you struggle with most on
1: a daily basis? Um, gosh, I would say, like, focus. <laughs> it's, it's um like, really, literally right here. I have <laughs> brain this juice. brain juice right next yeah. to me. Organic Olivia's brain juice. And I also use these, like doTERRA rollers that are like motivate thinker. Um, (laughs) but I'm just like, I feel like sometimes my brain is just like at a billion miles per hour. Mm -hmm. And I just really got to hone in sometimes. And sometimes that's way harder than other times, Mm -hmm. you know, but I think that that's like definitely something that pops in every single day. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, I kind of give myself a hard time about it, you know? Um,
0: but I don't know. I'm, I'm learning. I'm trying to figure it out. I think I can relate to that. And what I found interesting is that, like, I don't know if it's, you know, getting older or it's just, like, a stage in my life. But, like, I cannot have that much caffeine anymore. Otherwise, like, I can't get back to that stillness. It's, like, once the caffeine hits my bloodstream, my brain is a million miles an hour. Even if it's one cup of coffee, I'm, like, so sensitive to it now.
1: Yeah, I'm I've for sure to? the same. I, um... You know, I don't drink coffee every day anymore, but I do drink it, like, on the weekends because mm-hmm. I'm a nine-year-old woman and, like, treat myself on the weekends <laughs> Weekend with latte. Oh, coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if I have, like, two cups now, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh. Forget it. It's just, yeah, forget everything. Yeah. Yep.
0: What is one of your favorite small businesses to support right now?
1: Um, well, if you fo- if anybody follows me on Instagram, they know this already, but... Leah. Leah Kirsch, yeah. <laughs> my girl, but also like her and I met because of her brand. Um, we weren't like girls. And then I was like, a, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, we met because I fell in love with this denim jacket from like six years, six years ago. Um, and just, she is just an incredible human being as well. Cassie and I actually interviewed her on the first season of Soul Alignment podcast. Cool. Um, she is just like such an empowering person to be around and she is so driven um, and she's just like a total light to 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 be able to be a part of something like that and someone like that and around her is just incredible. And she also makes obviously like super dope, super comfortable stuff. Oh my gosh. Um,
0: I don't even know where to start. Oh. I feel overwhelmed because I want everything and I just...
1: Hello. welcome to Leah Kirsch. Um, mm. But then also... Cassie has magic face oil mm-hmm. shout that one out and put that in there yeah, um, yeah. she also does human design readings mm-hmm. um which like I think are huge and if you if people don't know what that is or well actually I know you've done podcasts on it so yeah. probably your are just go do. listen to those episodes yeah yeah listen <laughs> to those or like check out a reading because like holy cow it can give you like huge insight into your life mm-hmm. um and then my cousin makes handmade jewelry. Yeah, that's really. Which right. she, like, just started doing, and it's gorgeous. And, um, you know, handmade stuff, like Cassie's face oil and the jewelry, it's just, like, it's really cool because people are, like, and especially when you know those people as humans, you know, it's, like, they're, you know that they're, like, soaking their love into yeah, those things. Totally. And I think that makes them, like, all the more special, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a fun shoot that we did with her jewelry. Oh, yeah, yeah what are some of your vices coffee Mm -hmm.
1: on the weekends um on the weekends um love a good glass of red wine with a friend Mm -hmm. and um honestly this is like probably gonna sound so weird but gilmore girls the television show television who am i the tv show (laughs) (laughs) like really stepping into that 50 year old woman um (laughs) was just so comforting for me yeah I don't know if it's like the mother-daughter thing that's like really heartwarming but like I can if that's on I just like I I Mm. settle a Mm -hmm. little bit like my soul like I feel a little bit more grounded Mm -hmm. which is kind of crazy um and also (laughs) if, if if by chance anyone watches Gilmore Girls or like has seen it before Rory's like studious nature um Always gets me like a little bit more motivated. Too. Oh, that is fair. I've yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm like if this girl went to Yale. Pff, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> so silly. What makes
0: you feel your healthiest, both physically, mentally, spiritually?
1: Um, time with my people. A. Eh? Mm-hmm. Yoga. Um, if I can get that in daily, like I feel so much better. Um, and within that, you know, practice usually comes a lot of stillness for me. So like whether or not that's like five, five minutes of meditation or, you know, more, um, that's always really helpful and not too much caffeine and definitely enough water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like those things. Yeah.
0: What is the and most- enough
1: sleep. And a
0: what? An enough sleep. Oh. Yeah. For sure. I'm a nine hour. You're a big
1: sleeper. I I like yeah. really need seven to nine for yeah. sure.
0: I'm a nine for sure. What is the most prized possession that you own?
1: Millie's my dog, and she's perfect, and I wouldn't change a single thing about her, um, and if you've met her, she is just, like, such a firecracker. She's so crazy. She's so cute. Um, I think that, like, I have, most of the jewelry that I have, like, means something really, really special to me, Mm -hmm. um, and I think, I think that it's those pieces, and they all, like, I don't know if one means more than the other, but, um, I have a necklace with an initial of my friend who passed away a couple years ago. And that means a lot to me. And I don't even wear it every day, but like when I do wear it, it does feel really, really special. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Cassie and I have this cuff that we both have and that we both wear every day. I actually like haven't taken mine off in, I don't know, like five years or so, mm-hmm. um, but it always makes me feel, like, very grounded in her love and, like, you know, she's lived in California for since, since we graduated from Michigan State in 2011. And, you know, when she decided that she was going to move there, we were like, oh, my gosh, like, this is the first time we're ever going to be apart because we had best friends since sixth grade. And, like, I think in the beginning we had to, like, figure that out and we navigated that. Um, like, we had to learn how to navigate that, I mean. Uh, but now, like we don't talk. We're not, neither of us are like huge phone talkers. Mm-hmm. So once in a while, like maybe once a month we'll have like one big phone catch up or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I just love that. Like we can, we still feel like really connected and grounded with one another, like yeah from this little cuff, you yeah, know,
0: that's so sweet. And friendships like that are just the best, the ones that don't require daily maintenance, um, mm-hmm. in order to, stay intact. I think that's really really special and something that you learn as you get older, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. If, if you were to give a TED Talk or speak at like a conference about something that you're not known for, but that you're passionate about, what would your talk be on? Oh,
1: I think I know the answer. Not known for. What does that mean? What do you so like mean? So like poetry. Okay, so not the answer is not love and poetry. Yeah. <sighs> Um, I mean, are we assuming that, like, I'm an expert enough to give a TED Talk Mm -hmm. on this? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Um, My answer would be the environment, probably. I got it. (laughs) I knew it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, like, besides, like, empowering women Mm -hmm. and besides writing and travel like the environment is just it means so much to me Mm -hmm. what makes you feel most alive my people (laughs) I just I feel like a broken record but like like, I love my people they're they're everything I don't really uh, yeah (laughs)
0: that's so good what's one thing you wish everybody
1: knew um I already said it, but that it's okay to be broken Mm -hmm. and it's okay to feel broken and you don't need to live there, but you have to like honor that space Mm -hmm. and, um, it's okay to be in that space for some time. And it's okay to go in and out of that space too. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be all of who you are.
0: Do you have a playlist or a musician that you've been loving recently?
1: Um, well, my favorite band, Laney, just released an album. So, like, I've been pretty hardcore on that new album for a while. It's so good. Um, but otherwise, I like, <laughs> I've been listening to a lot of peaceful piano music. It's the best. It's so soothing. You're like,
0: I am 90? <laughs>
1: Seriously.
0: <laughs> when I'm done with Gilmore Girls, I put on my peaceful piano music I'm and drink my black coffee. <laughs> dating myself. It's so good. Um,
1: but, yeah, it's true. And then, like, my writing playlist, if I'm, like, in that space. And then I have, like, two big playlists that I'm, like, always adding to, which are Sunday night and Sunday morning. Cute. Um, that are just, like, vibes. Yeah. That I can just, like, always run to, you know? Love it.
0: What are you grateful for right this minute?
1: Um, So many things. Like... A, this opportunity to sit down and talk to you about this and, like, have this message, um, be able to reach some other people, you know, that I think it could impact. And then the opportunity to, like, be able to make a book, like, that is still really mind-blowing for me, even though it's, like, at the end kind of of that road. Like, it's still really, really crazy that I have even the tools available to me to be able to do something like that and like that's not something that everybody can reach and I'm so wildly grateful to be able to like have those things at my disposal basically you know Mm -hmm. um and guess what my people (laughs) (laughs) no way
0: (laughs) I'm not sure what you just did with your hair right here but I love it so much
1: nobody else can see it I'm just like but Uh. (laughs) <laughs> you are the best okay
0: lastly where can people find you and follow along with you
1: um I mean Instagram is the best place so it's just at Test Tyson my first and my last name um I do also tweet which is at Tess Tyson my website is testtyson.com. <laughs> um which on my website right now is just my book mm-hmm. um for a reason mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, Instagram is the best place. And then, um, I have like, you know, for all of my other interests that aren't love and poetry, like I try to keep those highlighted on my Instagram. Like Mm -hmm. I have a girl's highlight for like female empowerment and I have an environment highlight. So like all of that stuff is there, but, um, I absolutely love, and I'm so grateful when people like whether or not I know them in any capacity, reach out to me, um, and tell me about like how anything that I've done has impacted them. Mm-hmm. It just like means the world. So like, I just encourage people to reach out to the people that have cut you in any way. Cause I think that's huge for everybody. It makes a huge difference.
0: Yeah. Tess, I love you so much. I can't I love you so much. I like, can't believe that there was a period of time where I didn't know you and didn't have you in my uh-huh. life. It just seems, like, so surreal. So shout out to Cassie 100 times
1: over for introducing you to me. And, you know, what I was just thinking about is, like, when we finally, it took us forever to do it, but, like, when we finally first met in person, Mm -hmm. that was, like, right before.
0: Right before. That,
1: that like, was in, must have been in February. Yeah. Or, like, at because we were talking about it, remember? We were, like what What do do you think is going to
0: happen what's going on yeah Yeah. (laughs) so weird
1: but yeah now now I can't imagine like what I I honestly like I can't remember not knowing you I know I know (laughs) I feel like I've
0: known you for 30 years I love it and I'm so grateful to get to share you and just your heart
1: with all the listeners so thank you so much for being here thank you a million times over for sharing this space with me appreciate it so much
0: Oh my gosh, Tess Tyson, what an angel. I hope this episode just really resonated with you and made you feel more seen, more whole, um, where you can feel how you want to feel and not be judged for it. And just to know that one person, let's call that one person Tess, but also myself, um, sees you and recognizes you and holds space for you wherever you are, Let's all do that for each other. Let this episode be a reminder in how we show up for each other and how we show up for ourselves and that it's okay. It's okay to feel how we feel. Like Tess said a couple of times, which I think is so beautiful, we do not have to live there. We can simply visit, but it is important to acknowledge that's how we get to the healing. By suppressing, you're not going to get there. Feeling is healing, and I know that that's a little trite and a little cliche, but Oh man, is it the truth? So I hope you love this episode. If you did, I would be so, so grateful if you wanted to leave a five-star rating and review over on iTunes. And if you want to share on Instagram, you can screenshot the episode and just be sure to tag myself and Tess so that I can send you a free gift to your DM. It's just my way of saying thank you so much. I am so, so grateful. Also, if you feel inclined, you can support this podcast monetarily. Um, By donating anywhere from $1 to $10, do not feel inclined to do so only if you are inspired. I am so grateful for you showing up here every week. I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode on this cozy Sunday. Lots of love to you all, and I'll see you back here on Wednesday.